0: Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, today, we're market update day, um, which is a really, uh, a really quick market update. And then we've actually um, had the privilege to interview Eliza Owens from Core CoreLogic um, on our podcast. So, we're just going to do a bit of a market update briefly, and then we'll roll into that interview with um, Eliza um, to give you a bit more insight on what's happening on the, the data side of things.
0: Yes, welcome back, everybody. Um, it is exciting to be interviewing Eliza, but before we do that, we thought we would run through where things are up to um, using the CoreLogic Hedonic Home Value Index data up to the 31st of July 2022.
1: So if we jump into um, straight into it, property values...
0: Yes, for the first month in over two years, um, Brisbane actually saw dwelling prices recede. So they did come back negative 0.8%. When we break that down into the housing market and the unit market, very different story. So what we saw there is that housing market retracted negative 1.1% across the median value for all houses that sold in Brisbane. Um, Whereas units, which incorporates both units and townhouses, as we know, actually continued to grow in value. So we saw 0.7% price growth in that unit market. So What we're starting to observe now, and it is a trend we have been reporting on the ground since about January this year, the demand has been switching to units and townhouses potentially due to affordability, but it's definitely something that's now reflecting in that monthly um, growth when segmented by product type.
1: Yeah, very interesting, that sort of market. And and you notice it um, out and about at inspections as well with the townhouses and unit market. Um, If we jump into the rental side of things...
0: Yes, and we said we're going to run through this quickly because we've got a lot of good information to share with you from Eliza. Um, In the rental market, we saw annual uh, changes in rents across Brisbane for houses increase 13.6%. That is the greatest rate of rental price growth across all capital cities throughout Australia. So uh, that's encouraging for investors. Um, In terms of units, Brisbane experienced 9.7% rental price growth across the last 12 months. So Remember, vacancy rates in the rental market are still extremely tight here in Brisbane. Um, The monthly trend is now 0.7% vacancy across all of Greater Brisbane. We'll update you next month in terms of how those areas um, are performing on um, a segment basis. But um, in in summary, vacancy is still extremely tight. And in fact, what we're seeing when we are purchasing homes for investment buyers, um, quite often those those clients have applicants um, who are putting forward a property uh, proposal or a, a proposal for uh, tenancy even before that property um, settles and even before they've had the opportunity to inspect that property. So you know it's not a very pleasant situation for tenants and because there's such low supply, that's why those prices are continuing to climb every single month.
1: Yeah. Possibly good news for investors. Obviously, as we said, um, and Melinda mentioned the, um, you know, tenants are um, possible tenants are actually putting in op- uh, proposals, applications in sight unseen, 12 month leases, six months paid in advance, those types of things. Um, so it's, you know, obviously, if you're an investor, um, you pretty good chance you're going to get a tenant in this market as well.
0: Yeah. And the other thing um, that we just wanted to report on is the gross rental yields. So because we're now starting to see that rental price growth go grow at a faster rate than property prices, gross rental yields are starting to recover yet again in Brisbane. You'll recall throughout the majority of 2021, the rental yields were being compressed because the house price growth was faster than the rent price growth. So for all dwellings, 3.6% is the gross rental yield across all of greater Brisbane right now. Um, in the housing market, um, gross yields uh, median value 3.4 percent whereas in the unit market a much stronger performing yields market um, on the gross median yields there is 4.7 percent
1: um so hopefully we're not rattling too fast we're obviously trying to get through this little update um obviously market update before we go to the interview um, the only other thing i guess is on the ground which i think that's probably as valuable i, I know i'm not the data nerd or the data person but what we see on the ground. I think that's that's so important. Um, I think looking, being out and about and our team cover Brisbane on a weekend, the last couple of weekends have um, been a little bit different. There's a bit of a different feel, um, more people out. We've been to opens where there's been 30 odd groups through um, going to multi offers, auctions. We've, we've seen auctions where there's five six people bidding and actually bidding at auctions. Um, so you know there's been a bit of activity, and there's been quite a quite a new collection of shoes happening outside some inspections at, at um doors.
0: Yeah, and I think the important point to make here is that it is not um, across all of Brisbane that we're seeing these trends. Uh, we actually do target a grade properties when we are inspecting for our clients or buying for our clients. Now, what we do know uh, through attendance at properties that we may not be looking at for our clients, but just for our own market research is that, it appears, it appears to be the case that anything that's impacted by flood, overland flow, it's sitting a lot longer on the market. The demand for those properties has really fallen away. Main road properties, um, the demand is really wavered. Um, and properties with quirky floor plans um, or in non-ideal locations, also the demand on those properties um, is not as high. So it is property specific. I cannot even say it's location specific because you could have you know, an A grade suburb and some properties in those suburbs are low demand, whereas others are extremely high demand. And I think it's important um, to have that that knowledge and experience about identifying pockets within suburbs and really knowing desirable locations versus less desirable locations. And also what buyers actually want uh, when it comes to, you know, assessing risk because flood is out, main roads are out and um, unusual floor plans are also not popular.
1: So that's probably the fastest market, up market update we've ever done and probably will ever do. But look, um, we'll jump now to obviously the interview with Isaac. I Ho- hope you enjoy this. Um, it's, it's, as I said, it's great to have people like this on our podcast. Um, keep an eye out in the future. We're going to have more guests and more exciting podcasts obviously coming and, and hopefully sharing a lot more information to everyone out there listening. So enjoy the interview and um, we'll keep in contact. Thanks very much. Bye for now. We're so happy to have um, Eliza Owen from the Head of Residential Research at CoreLogic Australia. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Thank you for having me. It's good to um, keep you in company. Melinda is a data nerd. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm always called a data nerd. So
0: I think that, um, you know, we share a lot of the same, um, you know, I guess, interest when it comes to analyzing data, talking about data. So I'm super excited about you know, sharing this information that you've got to, you know, uh, provide to our audience. Um, now, for those that don't know Eliza, as Scott mentioned, Head of Residential Research at Core Logic, tell us a little bit about your background. You've obviously got a lot of expertise um, in data and, you know, analysing data. Where have you been sort of, you know, what have you been doing up until this point?
2: Yeah, so I definitely um, came up in my career through property data. I was studying, Uh, economics at university. And I got a part-time job in the Residex call centre. So for people who don't know Residex, that's um, an Australian property data company um, that was established decades ago and actually later acquired by CoreLogic, which is how I came to work at CoreLogic a few years later as the commercial real estate and construction analyst um, had a stint over at Domain as a residential researcher and then kind of boomeranged back to CoreLogic uh, to take up that head of research role. So I feel like I've been through a lot of the, you know, processes of, of data collection and, and become more familiar with, you know, putting those analytics to use in a research role It's an awesome job because you're essentially just relaying the narrative of what's going on in the property market and trying to bring some clarity um, amid extraordinary events, which, of course, uh, the past two years have been full of those. Absolutely, I
0: mean, gosh, you've you've certainly been at the forefront of you know analyzing what's happening at a macro level, um, you know, through some of the most significant periods of of change in the property market. We've had, you know, that the Royal Commission and the tightening by APRA. We've had COVID. We've had the post COVID boom. Now we've got a rising interest rate environment. I mean, and the data has just been. Um, providing some leading indicators, I guess you could say, for what is likely to happen. And um, one thing with the data that you get to analyze, I guess you know, as the head um, of the residential research center there at CoreLogic, is is what's happening at a macro level, but even more so. And you know, what we're wanting to really dig into today is you know, is every location around Australia um, doing the same thing at the same time? Because we always talk about the fact that Australia is not one property market. So, you know, what are you seeing as the biggest sort of data trends at the moment from a macro perspective?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's that you're exactly right. Um, our market is is made up of many, many different markets. You know, broadly, we, we sort of only get the time to focus on maybe the, the capital cities in the major regions. But even within the capital cities, there's a lot of, of um, difference in the timing of the cycle and the volatility of the cycle. So the major trends that are uh, dominating discussions about property and, and the economy more broadly are inflation and interest rates. Um, We are in the highest uh, annual uh, inflation period since uh, the early 1990s, and that's put the RBA in inflation fighting mode. So they're quite quickly, uh, quite aggressively at this stage trying to manage inflation through setting higher and higher interest rates, flowing through to mortgage rates, and that puts downward pressure on the property market. So for for your listeners, um, I mean, you're probably well across this already, Melinda, but um, that's an inverse relationship between interest rates and property prices. Um, But at the, the different markets react differently. Um, so your more expensive markets will essentially be more sensitive to changes in those interest rates. And that's where we've seen areas like Sydney and Melbourne see a more concentrated downturn. Um, Sydney property values are down 5% from their peak uh, in January this year. Uh, and that comes back to affordability, uh, the, the, the more money you need to take out to purchase property, um, the more you're going to be impacted by interest rates. And actually, that's where we've seen a relatively, and I say relatively for people in Sydney and Melbourne, uh, a relatively affordable market across Brisbane, um, where we've seen a lot of spillover of, of demand um, through the upswing and, and even now Brisbane has remained relatively resilient um, and has taken longer to move into the downswing phase uh, because essentially it has a, a, a median lower price point than what you see in the southern cities. And I'm very aware that I keep jumping
0: in because I'm excited to talk about the data and Scott si- is sitting here in silence as he listens to you and I, you know, unpack this information. But, you know, I'd love your your perspective, Eliza, in terms of um, how much of Brisbane's resilience up until this point do you think has been a supply side restriction as opposed to a change in demand, which obviously is caused by rising interest rates, because obviously the supply dynamics between Brisbane compared to Sydney and compared to Melbourne, they're very different. Can you help listeners understand what we're seeing in terms of total listing numbers between different markets?
2: Absolutely. So, um, across the Brisbane market, uh, I think in w- w- what is a, b- a bit of relief for buyers is that it's finally starting to shift, but it's still at very low levels. So, if we look at um, you know where total listings are now, um, you've got about fourteen thousand properties advertised across Brisbane at the moment. The previous five year average is 20,000. So we're sitting well below where you would usually see stock levels, but it has nudged higher. Um, Total advertised stock hit a low of about 11,000 at the start of this year. So, what is starting to happen very gradually is that as we get higher interest rates and conditions soften in the housing market, demand cools off a little bit. And, and we'll touch on sales because it's worth noting that sales is still pretty strong across Brisbane as well. But they are softening just that little bit that it means days on market is starting to extend, properties accumulate, and that's where you start to get the overall lift in total listings. In the coming weeks, we might also see a little bit of a lift seasonally. Um, the, the spring selling season, I think, is slightly um, less of a phenomenon in, in Queensland, just because it is slightly more uh, temperate. Uh, I feel like the spring selling season is a is a massive thing in Sydney and Melbourne. Um, Temperature's yeah, warmer. That's <laughs> right. We're warm all exactly. the yeah. I know that's why you've been getting all of our residents for, for the <laughs> <five> years. <laughs>
1: We're sitting in winter around the mid-20s, okay? It's not too bad. <laughs>
2: When can I come up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I
0: guess that's it, you and um, all the other southerners that have been, you know, relocating to southeast Queensland and we've seen that that strong record, you know, migration um, returning for a lot of people that are looking to relocate, driven by affordability, of course driven by lifestyle uh, factors as well. You mentioned sales volumes. So um, I'd love you to provide a summary in terms of what's actually happening in sales volumes, because even though listings are historically down based on the, the long term trend here in Brisbane, and that's very different to Sydney and Melbourne, where listings have returned to the long term trend or above the long term trend, so supply is actually heightened. We always need to overlay that with well, what's happening in terms of sales. And you mentioned, you know, Brisbane's still strong in that area.
2: Yes, yeah, so um, still strong, still above the five year average. Um, but slightly lower than 2021, essentially, which 2021 was a boom year. Um, In the past three months, there were about 16,000 sales across Greater Brisbane, and that's down 9% on the same time last year. Um, But again, that's relevant um, relative to Sydney and Melbourne. uh, Those cities are seeing sales volumes 40% below where they were this time last year. So the, the sales trend is easing a little across the city, but uh, still still fairly resilient.
0: Good to know. And I mean, I think that's an indication of the fact that the market's still transacting here in Brisbane. Um, and, you know, the fact that property prices, you know, have come off, dwelling values have come off um, up to the end of July of negative 0.8% here in Brisbane, obviously, you know, it's not an indication that there's a lot of forced selling that people are letting go of properties, but there's still enough buyers to support um, the sellers that are listing their property for sale.
1: Eliza, I've just got something we've spoken about um, in the past, and we've watched this for quite a while now. um, Generally, the the trend in the way that people live up here in Queensland is they like a house on on a big block of land. Um, We've been watching for a while now, the unit and townhouse market and, and talking about that for quite a while. Um, Whether it's an affordability thing or like people like yourself, people from down south, you're used to living in units and things like that as well. So maybe that's had some sort of impact, but it seems like the unit and townhouse market is just getting stronger and stronger at the moment.
2: So I only from my macro perspective and I feel, you know, as as um, people on the ground, you're probably more in touch with some of the nuances behind the decision making. But from my macro perspective, I would say it comes back to affordability. And this is a trend that we're seeing across most capital cities where the unit market is currently more resilient to increases in the cash rate because you don't need as much money to to borrow and and pay for a unit. So we saw that same trend across Greater Brisbane where, Melinda, you touched on the 0.8% decline in July. The first decline Greater Brisbane dwellings have seen in almost two years, um, that was driven entirely by houses over the month, down 1.1% units, still up 0.7%. But again, I would eventually expect units to follow what's happening in in the market more broadly. Um, So growth rates are still positive for the unit segment, but the rate of growth has been slowing. uh, And that usually precedes a a dip in values. I'd expect that, You know, units haven't had uh, quite the same extent of upswing as houses as well. So uh, houses tend to have higher highs, lower lows. So perhaps it is that the unit market just has less volatility as well, that it will be more resilient through the downturn.
0: And that's um it's all good information to hear directly from the source, Eliza, because you know what we report when we're you know recording out weekly updates to podcast listeners is what we're seeing on the ground and of course, what we see on the ground is not what's recorded in the data because we're ahead of the data when we're making those anecdotal observations. Um, can you help us understand at what point does a property transaction in Brisbane become a data point when in terms of a settled sale. We're always looking at you know what's happening to property values. Um, now, obviously, that's not going to be um, a data point that's recorded at the point that a contract is entered into, but rather a data point that's entered at the time that the property settles. Is that correct?
2: Uh, It it depends on the property, to be honest. So for off the plan, um, it would be the settlement that we'd receive the information. But we do have many different sources and and ways of collecting data. Um, Usually we have government data sources that come in at a lag to verify a lot of that recent information. But, you know, if when it comes to things like... um, Auction results, you know, if, if your neighbor's property down the road sold, we might know about it by the end of the day or the end of the weekend. So it depends on the property, it depends on the method of sale, but generally a lot of that, uh, and you know, we invest a lot <laughs> in 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 that recency because that's where we can be more competitive and provide better service um, as an analytics business as well. Um, so yeah, some you know some of the properties, even if they're not going by auction, will will have within a week or two weeks. So, um, but as you say, there's nothing like actually being on the ground. <laughs> and and <laughs> but I think it's just
0: if that's the thing, it's I guess it's just understanding the data and and how that is um, constructed, I guess, but also overlaying that with the real time observations, and that's how. You know, anyone can get a really broad understanding of what's actually happening in a market. Just expanding upon what we just um, discussed there. You know, when is a, a property data point settled? And you mentioned that it could be, you know, at the point that the auction, you know, has has taken place, or it could be at the point of settlement, depending on the method of sale. Now, of course, here in Brisbane or typically in Queensland, our settlement periods are a lot shorter than settlement periods in Sydney and Melbourne. Typically, thirty days is what we would consider standard settlement. So, when we look at data sets, um, you know, for for Brisbane, um, based on that information, the data is probably only lagging at most, maybe about thirty days. That said, when we're looking at days on market. Can you help us understand how this is measured? Because this is obviously something that we're looking at to track, you know, our buyers as eager at, in the booming market, days on markets were, you know, reducing, now days on market are increasing again. How is that that actually measured? Um, and again, you know, just for listeners to get an understanding of that.
2: So just to uh, clarify, I guess, we, we do collect sales information at the contract date. Um, so we're not necessarily waiting for settlement to to collect a time on market measure. Um, That that will be uh, the period between the initial listing um, and the initial contract date. And we can see this looking at at the data. Um, Median days on market across Brisbane sank to just 12 days at the end of last year. Uh, And within Greater Brisbane, some of the suburb areas we were looking at, like Eaton's Hill, for example, had median days on market at a low of just 7 days so i was actually calling that's crazy out real estate. yeah yeah, it, it was wild. I was actually calling real estate agents in the area to say, Is this right? Are you selling properties in seven days? And they would say to me, Actually, we could do it quicker than that, but we're taking a bit of time between posting the listing and having the first inspection. We reckon we could sell these properties in 48 hours. So, you know, that, 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 um, it, Collecting data at the the initial contract date is allowing us to realise some of the urgency in in the market as it was playing out. Um, So typical days on market across Brisbane have now eased to 23. So buyers have a little more time, but that's still pretty low relative to other capital cities. It's actually the second quickest selling time at the moment of the capital cities after Perth, which is at 20 days.
1: It's funny that when, when you say you had to make those um, phone calls, Eliza, we, we were going through a stage um, last year where properties were getting listed. We'd see them on a um, Friday about lunchtime, um, open on Saturday, office closing Saturday afternoon and quite often sold Saturday night. Um, <laughs> it was just crazy. Um, I well, We both sort of feel at the moment it's probably more normal now. So we've gone back to what we think is a bit more of a normal market, where properties get listed, you can you can actually inspect them, look at them, probably possibly go back for another inspection the next week, um, and then even negotiate. Which there was none of that, obviously, in the past in the in the previous market either. So um, they were moving pretty fast, but I think they're a bit more normal now as well.
2: I would agree. I think um, between the slowly building stock on market, the the slowly rising days on. Um, on the market as well, and the the little declines in prices that we're starting to see, slowly, gradually, it's becoming more of a buyer's market. Yeah, and look, I think
0: that's something that we've been reporting, um, you know, on a weekly basis, just with the, what we're observing on the ground. Buyers are still in the market, which is interesting. That they're just very nervous and they're fearful, so they're not um, as as excited about jumping in with offers. There's a lot of observation happening. That's what we're seeing in Brisbane. A lot of buyers are just sitting on the sidelines and taking a wait and see approach. I'd love to actually um, get your view on auction clearance rates. Now, Brisbane as a city, as a, a property market, hasn't really been a big auction city, I'd argue, until probably about 18 months ago when we moved into that very, very strong uh, seller's market. And uh, an easy option was to actually list a property for sale by auction because there were so many bidders that were registering um, to, to bid and take place that that's where you'd really extract what what the market value of a property is. Obviously, as the market transitions again now, we're not seeing as many registered bidders turning up. But what are you seeing um, from a macro level in terms of clearance rates here in Brisbane versus other capital cities?
2: I would agree. I think um, that that's very much an interesting phenomenon and a really unique period for Brisbane. Um, The auction market took off through this upswing. And I think as well, in addition to just the volume of buyers, something you mentioned earlier, Scott, about additional interest from the southern states through the pandemic period, people from Sydney and Melbourne are quite used to auction. So, you know, maybe that's also a buying method that people just became more comfortable with. Um, uh, Queensland's always been a popular interstate migration region, but annual interstate migration through 2021 reached its highest level since the early 90s. It's just been an incredible... Um, period, So the auction market during 2021, it starts to replicate more of what we might see in Sydney and Melbourne. Average volumes were elevated. You were seeing closer to 200 auctions or, or more at, at the kind of peak selling season per week, um, up from a decade average that we've recorded of about 100 auctions per week. Um, clearance rates got uh, very high. Um, clearance rates last spring were averaging about 77%. Uh, And that's well above the long-term average of 47%. uh, Potentially, this could be a one-off, right? We're we're starting to see clearance rates get back around the 40% mark. But that will be really interesting to see whether Brisbane permanently becomes more of an auction market as a result of what we saw through the pandemic or if it will kind of revert back to normal. Uh, Because that long-term average clearance rate of 47% doesn't necessarily imply a weak market. It just implies that uh, Brisbane has not been, as you say, a traditional auction market.
0: It's really interesting you say that. So I wasn't aware of that long-term average um, auction clearance rate for Brisbane. So 47%. And you're right, people are comparing our clearance rates at the moment that are anywhere between sort of 40 and and 55% every weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're they're looking at that, comparing it to where we were last year. And there were weekends where we were approaching, you know, nearly 90% clearance rates. Now very different market conditions but when you reflect back on long-term trends actually very normal for brisbane not a market that um you know is considered um you know a bust market because auction clearance rates have suddenly reduced back to something that is historically low what we're saying is auction clearance rates are back to their long-term trend here in brisbane that's really interesting
2: yeah, and, and it's going to be the same, you know, in in those other regions of southeast Queensland, Gold Coast, and Sunshine Coast. It's just not the um, traditional method of 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 selling, and something that I think um, not just vendors but buyers in in the city haven't always been too comfortable with or, or familiar
1: with. It, it definitely makes a difference. Um, just as an insight from what we do on a weekend, on a, on a Saturday or well, prior to Saturday, we plan our week. Uh, our weekend and our run on a Saturday where the whole team because we like to go out and about we like to watch auctions um, opens inspections yeah. so see how many people are out we do our own research as well um, we were previously planning to go to auctions and then we'd get to the next auction quite fast at the moment the auctioneers and the agents are doing so much work that we almost have to allow at least an hour between those because they they are having to work the crowd so much more as opposed to what wow. they previously were Great. doing where they put it up for auction and away they'd go and they'd sell it really fast. We'd Five jump,
0: minutes later, you'd be out. we yeah. jump in the
1: car and go to the next one. So <laughs> it's made a massive difference to the way we operate as well. Um, I just want to touch on the rental side of things because obviously, I mean, we talk about this up here at the moment as, as a rental crisis. Um, it's amazing the amount of people that are looking for property and there's not a lot of properties up for rent at the moment.
0: I think, yeah, it's a good news story, isn't it, in the, the, the overall property market at the moment. Eliza, tell us what... What you're seeing from a macro level again in terms of what's happening here in southeast queensland in terms of rental price growth and vacancies
2: so house rent growth uh is leading the capital cities in brisbane Uh, rents are up 13.6 percent over the year Um, and that's a huge jump we haven't seen these kind of rental increases since uh well it's been over 10 years since 2008 um Unit rents are sort of middle of the range in terms of annual rent growth with the capital cities, but still very strong at 9.7%. So both segments have extremely low vacancy and no signs of slowdown in the rental market yet. Even looking at the month-on-month figures, rental growth is – it's only been accelerating across Brisbane. Um, It is, you know, a positive story for, uh, I guess, investor interest in the market – um, but it's just devastating some of the stories of, of people who are approaching homelessness because there's just not enough stock available. Um, and I don't, I, I think in the short term, it's going to result in a lot more share housing as well as people try and cope with the rapid rise in, mm. in those rental costs.
0: Yeah, it really is a dire situation. And interestingly here in Brisbane, we've had Um, a few recent changes to council planning schemes that um, really make it harder for people to build granny flats, for example, to generate um, additional rental accommodation on the same property. I mean, you know, there's only certain council regions across greater Brisbane that will allow that. Um, Certainly not permissible in the Brisbane City Council region unless a property is as the correct zoning, you just can't, you know, create dual occupancies or add granny flats and expect to receive rental income um, from two separate tenancy agreements. Um, and then, of course, we've got a state government who's, um, you know, proposed land tax changes is, is putting more headwinds, I guess, against property investors um, buying into the state and adding to the rental supply. So, you know, all of that leads to a decline in the property investor interest. And, you um, and further supports the, the story of, of upward pressure on rents because low supply and high demand simply just creates an imbalance that is what drives the price direction. Um, and yet we've really got no long-term rental supply coming in terms of government housing options. So it's not a great situation. It's something that Scott and I have been talking about for many months as we've seen this unfolding. And you know we have clients that, that purchase an investment property in areas at a suburb level where vacancy is zero point two percent or zero point one percent, they've got rental applications on those properties before they've even settled, sight unseen. So wow. it's become your tenants are becoming, you know, very frantic. I guess you could say in in their approach and offering, you know, six months rent up front or, or twelve months rent up front and all of these additional things. So, you know, it's not a happy situation for a lot of tenants. And in fact, it's only going to get worse before it gets better, which is a major concern.
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, that is actually what Melinda just said then. It it actually happened just recently where we've had a um, a client that purchased a property and there's already been people contacting us to try and offer six months rent in advance with a 12 month lease sign up um, through, the wow. through the sales that, agent that sold so, it to us. They're so, so desperate wow. to get properties that they're, they're offering that money up front.
0: And trying to go you know, directly through whoever the sales agent is that's that sold the property rather than waiting for that property to be you know, listed for rent by a, a tenancy or rather a property manager. So yeah, really dire situation in some pockets of Brisbane, which is not great. Right. I'd love to um, tap one more piece of um, intel out of you, if that's okay, Eliza, and that is when we look at property data, obviously, we're looking at how how is that data made up? And for Brisbane, what local government areas are included in Brisbane data? Because I know when we look at the, the daily um, hedonic home value index uh, tracking, that also includes uh, Gold Coast, but when the monthly hedonic reports come out for, for house price changes, um, that includes Brisbane, but that doesn't include Gold Coast. What typically is made up or what, what areas are made up or contribute to that Brisbane data?
2: This is a great question. And um, I guess the, the way to think about it is that because we have data at the individual property level, we can aggregate those properties to any region we like. Um, The way we've built out the home value index metrics is to align it with geographies defined by the Australian Bureau of Statistics. So when we talk about Brisbane, what we're really talking about is greater Brisbane um, as defined by the Australian Bureau of Statistics. So, as you say, that excludes Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast. So, they are not, not included, but we do have separate indices available for those regions. Um, so, I had a look at the uh, statistical boundary on the ABS uh, last night just to, to get a sense of what those boundaries look like. Um, in the south, it goes down to the New South Wales border, Um in the north, it goes to, uh, I'm hoping these names are going to be familiar to you, but uh, Rattans National Park, um, Ellenvale, and Yabba Parklands, um, and, and west um, to Grattan. So you've got Ipswich, Caboolture, that's all included, um, but it, it does not include Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast markets.
0: That in itself is um, is a huge, huge, huge geographical location that's encapsulated in data that is representative of Brisbane. And I think that is a really important takeaway for anyone listening to the podcast here today. When you're looking at data sets and, and looking at Brisbane data trends, this is encapsulating the majority of Southeast Queensland, excluding Gold Coast and the Sunshine Coast. So, you know, we're looking at Brisbane City, Ipswich City, Logan City, Moreton Bay, um, Mm -hmm. Redlands. There's a lot of locations as well as all the way out to to Bow Desert-esque, different shires around the Greater Brisbane area. So I think it's really important for people to understand that because then when you can break that information down, I know that you know, we had a, a huge issue last year. People were reaching out to use our services and they're wanting to buy 5 to 10 kilometres from the CBD and they looked at the median value for Brisbane property values and that was sitting at around $600,000. So they assumed that they could achieve that within a, a certain geographical radius from the Brisbane CBD. Um, and they were surprised when we just explained it's not possible. We would need to move to areas around Greater Brisbane to even consider a budget of that type. So I guess it's just... Um, Understanding data and, and taking everything with some perspective, um, that's really important, and not relying solely on data for property decisions.
1: Now, if people want to understand that a little bit more, and I'll I'll break it down to to what people can probably, if you jump in a car, for example, in Brisbane, and our roads are not congested like Sydney and Melbourne, um, some of those areas are probably an hour and hour and a half drive for us. Yes, that, that's that's a that's a huge drive for us sometimes. I mean, we can get to the Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, in an hour and hour and a half. Um, So it's quite—it's amazing that is such a big footprint that you talk about for Greater Brisbane.
2: Oh, yeah, totally. And as I mentioned, we can set this data to any geography. Melinda, you were sort of saying earlier before we started recording, you know, the smaller we go, um, the more volatility you can get and the more noise you can get in those stats. But, you know, you can always reach out to CoreLogic Research or inquire with our product team if you're interested in data for your local area. Yeah
0: that's a good tip so anyone that um, you know is interested in more segregated data CoreLogic do provide that um, those, those data sets in more relative um, areas so for example if you are wanting to buy it just within a certain distance from the CBD that information is available because it's the aggregated data that's reported in the mainstream media and in the big news reports that are put out by CoreLogic.
1: Eliza I've got a, a quick um, question for you and whether you can answer this or not I'm, I'm going to ask it anyway because we get asked this all the time um, to have a look at the crystal ball and see what we see <laughs> Brisbane looks like in the future what do you what are your thoughts can you comment on that?
2: Yeah, so I think it's good to have some kind of view. Um, The major bank forecasts are indicating that over 2022 and 2023, um, greater Brisbane, again, uh, could see declines of over 10%. Um, Now, again, that's off the back of a very strong upswing where property values were up more than 30% through the pandemic period. Um, But what the key indicator is going to be is the cash rate and interest rates. So at the moment, um, the, the markets are sort of pricing a peak in the RBA cash rate in early 2023. And now forecasters and markets are starting to price in reductions in the cash rate again from late 2023. So we think that once the cash rate starts to stabilise, once the RBA stops hiking rates every month, that's when we might start to find a flaw in the property market and things to kind of stabilize a bit more. And I did notice that you were very clever in um, in stating what some of
0: the big banks are forecasting and not giving your personal opinion. But that's okay. I'll let you off on that one, Eliza, <laughs> um, because I mean, I you know because
2: we, they're uh, cleverer than I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and look, we get asked that question almost daily. You know what's hap- what's likely to happen and. The reality is no one has a crystal ball to predict exactly what is going to happen in the months or the years ahead. Um, however, as we point out all of the time, you know, Brisbane's not one property market in itself. And as you've pointed out, the data that makes up Brisbane in, encapsulates such a huge geographical location, a property that's... Um, three kilometres from the CBD in a completely landlocked location will not perform in the same way as a property that might be on the outskirts of Ipswich or, you know, halfway between Brisbane and the Gold Coast where there's an abundance of available land. Um, Obviously, when people are selecting properties, the type of property that they select for their home is one that matches their lifestyle. The type of property they select for an investment is one that matches their investment strategy and their requirements for growth and yield. And it is important to get professional advice if you don't understand different markets within a large capital city market. And obviously that's why a business like ours exists. Eliza, it's been absolutely fabulous to have a chat to you today. To you know, um, talk through the data. I think I could talk all day with you on data, and um, you know, find some uh, you know other common interests. But um, yes,
1: uh, Eliza, just just a quick one. Look, if you're ever up this way um, and you want to catch up, I'm sure Melinda would like to sit down and talk a lot. Um, and, and just I'll as bring a spreadsheet.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and just as a teaser we had a public holiday up here in brisbane yesterday for the um for the show for the Ecker. um and just as a teaser for lifestyle we jumped on our bikes and rode in through south bank and around where the new queens wharf uh casino is being built um it was beautiful in the sun and um when we talk about lifestyle um Excited. that's what it's all about so <laughs> <laughs> um, look thanks very much for joining us eliza it's been fantastic we'd love to have you on again sometime and as I said, any time you're up this way, we'd love to catch up for a coffee. Um, but um, yep. look, really, really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to have a chat to us today. Um, I will let Melinda wrap it up as we normally do. Um, thanks very much for listening and thanks for joining us until next week. Thanks very much and bye for now.
0: Eliza, thank you again. We really appreciate you setting aside time to chat to us today.
2: Oh, thank you. It's been a joy and uh, thank you for sharing your insights and experiences from what you're seeing on the ground as well.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. And as Scott said, happy to talk data with you at any time between now um, and the future. Look, thanks so much, everyone, to joining, for joining the podcast again today. I hope that's been valuable to hear directly from the Head of Residential Research Ecologic, Eliza Owen, about what's actually happening at a macro level and at a more micro level here in Brisbane. If you do enjoy our content, please subscribe, tell your friends and family about our podcast, and please leave us a review on iTunes. Hope you have a fabulous week and we look forward to speaking with you again soon. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is generally nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes. And of course, tell your friends about us.